Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Denise Hanks-Lawrence and welcome to Woman to Woman. That's Woman, the number two woman podcast. I'm your host, Denise Hanks-Lawrence, and I'm excited that you've decided to join this journey with me towards wellness. Now, Woman to Woman space is created for women to be empowered, to be uplifted, to be encouraged, and it's a safe space. And so today I'm excited to introduce to you a guest, a friend of mine, a sister in the Lord. Oh, my goodness. And her name is Raina Rose. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Denise. It's such a pleasure to be here. People probably looking at us and those who are listening are like, what are they laughing at? What happens when we get together? (laughs) It is the first time we got together for like a 15 minute call. I think it went two hours or something. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We said we should have just recorded this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so Rena, um, I just want to introduce you to those who are listening and those who are watching, probably like, okay, so who's Raina, right? <laughs> well, she likes like so much. <laughs> <laughs> you are indeed an international best selling author. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. <laughs> And and there's so much more about you than just what your bio says. So I'm gonna ask you, just just give us a little bit of overview as to who you are. Who is Raina? Sure. So my name's Raina Rose. I actually chose that name. We can go into that later if you would like. Um, and I am called the Soul Nutritionist. And I have a, a show on Roku TV and Amazon Fire Stick. And I think it's somewhere on a cable network. It's called Soul <laughs> Nutrition. Yes, it is. And we talk about the various ways to nourish our souls. And so I have some amazing guests on there. We talk about just nourishing the soul, because, you know, sometimes things can be soul sucking in life. And so, you know, on our souls, we can just be without joy and without the kind of life we want. And so the show talks about that. Um, The upcoming book that we'll talk about in a bit talks about that, you know, and just, you know, when we're nourished with good food and we have energy, we we know what that feels like, right? And when we nourish our soul, we have joy and that anxiety, you know, takes the back seat and these different things that gnaw at us day to day. And so everything I do is really, um, it's funny. I did pageants when I was a teenager. So I say, everything I do now is for world peace. <laughs> you have the pose, right? <laughs> you have to do the hands with it. And, um, <laughs> and, but it really is, you know, if we have peace within ourselves, this is what leads to a more peaceful world. And, you know, I really believe that's one person at a time because, I I've done it myself. I know when I'm feeling rigid and not very nice to myself, I'm not very nice and I'm very rigid with others. And so when I can become peaceful within myself, I become a lot more peaceful and loving and understanding with those around me. Absolutely. Thank you about that. So let me, let me just give the audience a little, you know, like sneak peek, a little sneak peek as to what we're going to talk about today. And that is your upcoming book, which is going to be released in uh, November, right? For Thanksgiving. And I'm excited. Uh I have little insights of some of the little readings, you know, and I'm really excited. So, and the title of the book alone, oh my goodness, we're going to talk more about it later on after we talk a little bit more about you and where you you are and what got you to the place where you are now and where you're coming from. Because oftentimes people see the end story and they don't understand what happened in the middle, the process, right? And, um, but I'm excited about what's happening in your life. I'm excited about this bright, wonderful future. You already have started anyway. You're on Roku, you're on a a cable network. I mean, everything's going well, right? 
But the title of this book, oh my goodness, Sin Tastes Good. But we don't want to get into it yet because I'm like overly excited. So let me just like, you know, take it down a little notch and then let's say, so Raina, tell us something more about you, like where you are now in Christ and the journey, what was the journey like? Sure. Well, it's kind of giving you a little sneak peek into the book. The book isn't all about my life, but I definitely do open up about um, some different things that I went through. A big um, kind of point of change in the book was my best friend and only sibling, my brother, he died at 24 in a motorcycle accident. And, um, you know, it just shattered my world. And I realized later that I really had very little empathy um, because I always needed to have the positive mantra and be the most positive person be really because I'd probably break down inside if I wasn't so positive, but I wasn't able to really reach out to people in their brokenness or touch their vulnerability. And it was when my brother died that one of my friends in this positivity group I had started, um, came up to me and said, you know, it was the first time that I ever saw you as human and not bulletproof. And I was able to open up to you about my own sorrows and vulnerable points because you actually seemed human for the first time. And I realized like, wow, it wasn't that I had no struggles. It wasn't that I was superhuman. It was that I was portraying, you know, that Instagram perfect uh, life all the time, um, even to myself, that I wasn't being real with myself or others or God. And so this book is a lot about that journey towards connection connection right. with God, connection with yourself and connection with others. And that's what I really find, you know, if we are critical and hard on ourselves, we, we think we're nice to others, but we're often just as critical and hard on those other people. Oh, absolutely. And so that whole aspect of being transparent, right? It, it, mm -hmm. it is real in that book because then it makes you look at things differently. Like, wow, I didn't even think I was like that. Really? You just said now I'm relatable. Now I'm like human. What was I before? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And these things, you know, it, it takes either a major change in your life, you know, the, usually a bad one that's going to wake you up right. or really getting conscious about yourself. And so I'm praying that the book helps people to you take the other route. That's a lot less painful and slowly become conscious of their own relationship with, like I said, self, God, and the people around them. One of the things that I talk about is um, fasting. So fasting, uh, you know, some people do intermittent fasting, different ways to keep your body healthy. Right. But for me, uh, kind of a soul fasting or soul cleanse, I call it, is I like to go to uh, usually a Benedictine monastery and there's silent monasteries where you're hanging out with the monks. You can talk to a monk if you want. And there's some songs that go on, but like for the most part, you are silent for like five days. Right. And, um, this is some of the place where I've had some of the most healing. And I was just telling someone else the, um, earlier today that when I'm at this monastery, it's about day three. And, you know, for the most part, you're in complete silence. You can't check your phone because it doesn't work. So I'm like, oh, I need to Google that. And I can't Google that, you know, um, but about day three, it's this beautiful monastery. It's called New Camaldoli in Big Sur, California. And you're off on like the cliff pretty much. And the waves are coming in. And But about the first couple of days, I still have like email in my head and all this stuff that we just like, we've got to do to be productive humans, right? Um, but by day three, I'm sitting out on the patio of what they call your cell. It's your room. <laughs> and um, I can literally hear the blades of grass 
almost oh, like God. a symphony all around me and the, the wow. grass is going in the waves and the birds and the, and it's this whole orchestra that I was completely unaware of until I got still and quiet enough to hear, you know, even the rocks crying out in praise and just this beauty all around me. And then when I leave there, my mind is so much clearer that all the email and the things that I was worried about, I can come out with such calm and peace and get so much more done effectively than before I went up and I thought I was being such a productive person, right? <laughs> wow, that is that is amazing. I wish I could get to that place. Just staying still in that moment. I mean, mm -hmm. I think we're often afraid of that silence. I think as humans, we are afraid of that silence. You know, people always equate that to yoga and different aspects of that. But here's the thing, when you actually stay silent, I think that's when we get in that and we start to think of things and we're afraid because we're afraid to face the truth. We're afraid to face the ugly truth about ourselves sometimes. And even and, our own greatness, you know, it's better if I don't know, because then I can just, you know, not make the effort if I didn't know I was called to all that. Right. I mean, is it Maya Angelou that says, you know, we're more afraid of our own greatness yes. than the dark yeah. parts of ourselves? Yes. It's like, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the same. It's, a, it's, it's both ways. We're afraid of the ugly truth and we're afraid of the, the unknown, right? We're afraid right. of the unknown. And I, I do it as often as I can. I don't get up as much as I'd like, but whenever I can, I mean, there's just something about that silence and, you know, hearing that still small voice and it's, it's when we get silent enough to yeah. hear that small voice and, and be able to follow it. And I like what you said about that's when you heard the rocks crying out. You know, the scripture, it says, and the, don't let the rocks cry out. And we want to like, oh, is that just a cliche? No, it is. Because you actually, you could hear the orchestra, like you said, the grass, the blades, everything is just beautiful. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, but I think as humans too, we often um, question ourselves and others like, well, was that God or was that you just having a weird thought? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I heard this from the Lord and they're like, are you sure? <laughs> Spoke to him last week. I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, that's kind of a lot of what I talk about in the book. You know, there's, there's a lot of, and I know you have an upcoming book about this when it will come out and I can't wait to have that on my show. Um, but when we're hurt in the very places we're supposed to be safe, yes. right. And yeah. when there's kind of that spiritual abuse that happens and, you know, maybe someone has thought they heard from the Lord, but they really just were having like a harebrained moment and they tell you something, you know, maybe really negative or hurtful. Or, um, and, you know, that's not what, uh, you know, unless we're really in some deep thing that's hurting us as a person. Um, you know, if you look in the scriptures, uh, the prophets would say, you know, bad things if they were living in a way that was hurting them, right. right. And hurting the society. But if you're not doing that, prophecy should be uplifting and people should, you know, like the things that God's saying to you should be uplifting. And so for people who've experienced that hurt or had the Turner burn picketing people come at them or something, you know, uh, in the beginning of my book, I say, you know, if you've had these experiences, I'm really sorry, you deserve an apology from someone within the church. And also if the words that I'm using that, you know, say God or Jesus or heaven, aren't your words, please feel free Find to language, use. right? Yeah. Yeah. And we talked yeah. before the show, you know, yeah. there was a time yeah. when I was not very wisely, but married at 20, divorced by 23. And, um, you know, all of my Christian friends kind of ditched me. And so, you know, of course. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, it's contagious. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. 
right now. All right now. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I was just feeling so hurt and I totally ran away from the church, you know, ran to sex, drugs and rock and roll and anything I could find, you know, that just wasn't that because the people out there were more real than the people in the church. Oh, and so, I hear that all the time. We that's hear that right. all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I started making my way back, cause I, you know, I still craved God. I craved yeah, that because yeah. Jesus and the creator of all the universe, my, my soul craved it. My soul was so malnourished. And I remember cr- I was crawled up in the bed at my boyfriend that I was living with house. And I was like, God, I still love you. I hope you still love me. My God. And I, I reached out to God and I started just slowly checking out churches. Like I kind of want this. I know I want something to do with this, but not like I had before, because before mm-hmm. I was judgy and so was everybody else around me. And that's not the kind of faith that I want this time. And so I tell you, Denise, I walked out of so many churches. It wasn't even funny. You know, they started really? saying something and I was there and I just got up and I walked out of the church, you know, because I was just like, you walk girl, <laughs> because you know, I'm like, someone's going to repeat that. And and so I, I began this journey back to God and I, I found this amazing community. And, but for a while I couldn't even say the word Jesus because really? what do you been, mean? it had just been so cliche overused. Like what would Jesus do? Jesus loves you. I don't, I'm not going to do anything to follow up on that, but Jesus loves you. So, uh, you know, <laughs> just this really cheesy, you know, uh, like, let me give you a pamphlet and walk away. Yeah. Yeah. This is surely not inside of me to love you, but I just want you to know he does. <laughs> you know? Wow. Well, and that's what I felt like the people who were saying that to me, like they weren't reaching out, they weren't continuing. And so I just couldn't use it. So I used Christ. I could deal with the word Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus to me was just so cliched. I couldn't, it, I can wow. now. I love Jesus and using that word right, now. Right, right. But it, but it, it was a journey. It was a journey. It was a journey. And I, I had to use universe instead of God for a little while. You know, it just, that was where I was at. And so even though I use the words Jesus and God and things in my book, I, I tell the reader in the very beginning, if that's a word that's triggering for you, if that's not what resonates with you, go with where you're at now. This is a journey and we're all coming from different places. And that's one thing also like, so I kind of speak to two audiences in this book. I speak to someone who's seeking, you know, it's like, I want God, but I don't want this judgy fake stuff I've seen mm-hmm. in a lot of places I've gone. Right. Right. Um, so it's, it's speaking to that person, but it's also a call up to those of us who belong, who are in the judgy places. Right. You know, and I'll put right. myself there. Right. And so how can we, you know, if we're going to say Jesus loves you, follow up with that. If Jesus is inside of me, I better love you. You better. Wherever you are, whatever you've done. Yes. Right. And there's no condition on, well, I'll love you when you clean up your act. Come on now. That's, Mm -hmm. I think that's like something that's really holding back a lot of what we would categorize sinners or unsafe people, those who don't have a relationship with God. It's not that they don't want to, Uh but they, they are making that step. But then sometimes some of us on the inside, so to speak, Mm -hmm. become that hindrance. We become that person that blocks them because we approach them with such a judgy mentality. And we forget that where we're coming from, like, sweetie, hello, you did not come out of the womb sanctified and speaking in tongues. No, baby. Uh -uh. (laughs) No matter of fact, you were doing the same thing I was doing. I know because we did it together. (laughs) You 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 know what, Denise? That is, I'm so, as much as uh, I wouldn't recommend getting divorced to anyone. It's not a fun experience. 
I am so glad that that happened in my life and that I ran to like that sex, drugs and rock and roll because now everything I ever judged when I was like married and perfect and did all the right things in the church, you know, and had no sin except for judging everybody. And if we look in the scriptures, the only time Christ gets upset with someone's sin is, is not when it's a sin of weakness. You know, he doesn't get mad at the woman caught in adultery. He doesn't get angry with these things. He gets angry with the sins of the heart. When we judge other people, when we make them feel small, this is when Christ gets raving mad or, or take advantage of people like the money changers, you know? And so I thought it was so perfect and doing, I was so moral because that's what Christianity means, right? Is that we're moral. Um, not really. Right. And, um, and I thought I was so perfect. Well, when I got divorced and, you know, just went into this other lifestyle, first of all, I just realized that some of these things I thought were the worst sins in the world, you know, were just <laughs> sins of weakness. They weren't like, eh they're not ideal. They still hurt you as a human being. Yes, right. And you know, God cries because it, it's hurting you. This you, yes. you cannot judge it, but then you can also be like, and I don't judge that. And if you want your soul to feel better, yeah. here's the way out of that. And God always provides a way out of that. And it may not be today and it may not be next year, but I'm here whenever yeah. you want your way out of that. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. So let's jump right into the book now. Cause you yeah. just way right. We could just go right into it now. So I want to introduce this book and I'm going to allow you to talk more about it. And the title of course is called sin tastes good. And you just kind of alluded to that a little bit by saying, Hey, when you in this world, and it's real, it's real. I love the title. And then there's another piece to it. I, I right. I Nourishing your soul <laughs> in an empty calorie world. Empty yeah. calorie world. And so what I want to talk a little bit more about the book and why you can came up with a title and just more of the book. And then also, if you don't mind, there's one particular, I, I know you're in the process of doing uh, your book in an audio format. And there's yes. one that I love, which is about the environment, how important the environment, how, how it affects you positively or negatively. Yeah. And so if you don't mind, I'd like you to read just a little bit of that later on for audience, but let's get into the first part of it. Like tastes good. Why would you <laughs> come on? Like, first of all, the normal Christian is going to be like, oh, girl, that's condemnation. I'm not right. reading that. <laughs> right. That is not of God. <laughs> Dude, that is not right. You know? And so, yeah, this isn't the normal book, like heaven's beautiful clouds on the cover, right? <laughs> this is not that kind of Christian book. Um, and though it talks about Christian topics, it's definitely not only for a Christian audience either. Right. And it, it really does for those who are Christians, I think it's, it's a great call for us to examine how we're living out our faith. Um, and those who aren't, it's a great way to examine if faith is something that we, that we benefit from, you know, and the great thing is the book has no answers. Mm -mm. It's all, you know, questions for your own soul, because we are all different. And it's really comparing, um, spiritual things to physical things. So the name sin tastes good, uh, came up, you know, when I was realizing, yeah, you know, I used to be a personal trainer. I was, I did a fitness business for like 11 years when I first started my career and, um, you know, cake tastes good. Uh, ice cream tastes good. Right. Yeah. Right. But does it, but the best way is to say like, okay, if you were to give me a reaction to pizza, what's the reaction? 
Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, eat that whole pizza. Tell me the reaction 20 minutes later. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and then t- tell me the reaction if we've eaten pizza for a month and we're like, uh, ooh, uh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, can't fit, this can't fit that. <laughs> right, right. And we, we, we feel sluggish and lethargic. Yeah. And so, you know, spiritual nutrition is the same way, right? Um, judging doesn't feel good because first of all, you're probably judging yourself just as hard as you're judging everyone else. And it doesn't feel good. It feels icky, but maybe in that moment, it feels like, oh yeah, she doesn't look as good as I look. That felt good. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt, felt a little affirming or for in that moment, maybe for a second, just like a moment on the lips and a lifetime on the hips, right? <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. It feels good. You know, maybe the gossip feels really good until you like get home and you kind of like, oh, you know, shouldn't I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I seemed like such a catty person in that conversation. I can't believe that I just sat there and gossiped with everybody and you feel it after. And I talk about, you know, different stories from different people. It's not just my stories. And um, I have one in there about a girl and she was, I don't name the behavior because everyone's sins different and sin only means missing the mark. And I think rather than add guilt and shame onto the word sin, it's completely unnecessary, right? If we're in an archery field and we're tra- we, you know, shoot the arrow and it veers off course. We don't say like, oh, this is, I'm awful at this. You say, oh, I need a little more practice. I need to aim slightly more left and I'll hit the target. Come on now, girl. Come on now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so why do we do this in our spiritual lives that we say, oh, you're a horrible person. You didn't hit the mark right away. Um, but no, we need, we need a little more practice. And so as we start to realize, and what I say is if you have a behavior that is missing the mark for you, or you suspect maybe it's missing the mark for you, think about how it feels after. In the moment, it probably feels great because sin tastes good. It does, it does. right? It really does. Really. Yeah, there's a reason we go toward it because yes. it feels good. It tastes good. Whatever it is in that moment, you know, maybe you're a shopaholic buying that thing feels good until your credit card shows up, you know, the statement, Uh, there's all kinds of things. And so my thing is notice how it feels in the moment. And it's all about awareness, notice, and then notice how it feels after we all struggle with different things, which is why I don't name and shame any sins in the book. You know, I just kind of allow, here's a couple stories of some people what's yours and what is on your heart and what makes you feel icky afterward and how can you bring more awareness to that so that you can live a life that I mean I've had times in my life where I'm driving around in the car by myself cracking up you know I'm like in the joy of the Lord you know and just you were (laughs) now let me tell you I also have times that I'm like trying to figure it out like yeah I'm like hey God did you know I'm 37? I should be married with some kids by now. To just in case you forgot my age, he's busy. I wanted to let you know. <laughs> you know, like sometimes I'm just like, God, what's up? Like I, I want this. Where is it? <laughs> but, but at the same time, I can have an overall joy knowing that God's God plans are good. They're for hope and a future. And every time I've been in low moments of life, He pulls me out so much higher that I couldn't even hope or imagine. Right. And, and part of that is not sabotaging myself. Right. And when I sabotage myself with missing the mark, whatever, you know, like I said, if it's shopping, you know, if I'm in tons of debt, that's not going to help me be like a happy homeowner with kids and, you know, going on vacations we want to go on. 
it's, you know, I need to be wise with my finances. If I want to have a, you know, a good faithful husband, one night stands might not be the way to get there, you know? Yes. Yes. Listen, I love the way you're being practical. It's real. It's real. And I'm glad that this book offers that to, to folks, because sometimes we tend to live in this uh, bubble, right? In this bubble and thinking that, oh, this is it. This is it. And when the bubble pops, it's like, we get nervous because we weren't prepared for this because we live in this this bubble in our mind and in our soul that we're thinking that this is just this perfect world and this is how it's done. And it's really not because people struggle with things. Hence, we wouldn't have, if that wasn't the case, if sin did not taste good, Uh the whole world will be saved. Right. The whole world will be saved. And even those that are already saved would be walking even more upright. Right. But even those who are saved for 10, 12, 15 years, there is still some form of struggle. There's still something that you're missing the mark with. You present each story for us to have a silent moment and to think, think about it for ourselves, because what you struggle with is different from what I struggle with. And some people may look and judge and say, well, that's not a big issue. Well, it's not a big issue for you. It's a big issue for me. Which is why I leave it to the reader to be able to identify their own issues. You know, one story in the book, I will tell you before we get to the reading is, um, so I was a Pilates instructor for so many years, right? And then I was a flight attendant on a private jet and I got to go to the most fabulous where you were doing it. You're a designer, right? And so there was an an evening, I had just gone to a friend from Hillsong, um, Hillsong Paris. We went out to um, this really good chocolate together. I think it's called Angelique's chocolate or Angeline. I don't remember, but it's like, it's like they just poured chocolate into your cup instead of hot oh. chocolate. You know, like it's so, it's kind of like drinking okay. hot chocolate. So <laughs> it's delicious. Talk about sin tasting good. <laughs> but so I had just gone out to um, this chocolate place with her. We've been looking to go for a while. And then I, I decided I took the tube over to Notre Dame to go to their service in the evening. And I usually uh-huh. went in the morning when you can see the big windows and the colors, right? And this time I was there in the evening and I had my coat on. It was kind of cold. And I hear this shuffling kind of behind me. And I look over and there's this lady, older lady hunched over, kind of a club foot. And she's shuffling her foot down to down. And as a Pilates instructor for so many years, I look at somebody with ailments like this and I'm like, I can fix that. Like, I know exactly how to pull in your adductors. So that foot comes in. I know how to strengthen the muscles in your back and stretch the muscles in your chest so she could walk upright right, right. you see me the put thing, myself upright <laughs> yeah I know I, I <laughs> it's been a while since I taught Pilates but I still remember how to do all these things and I thought about you know I could totally take someone who's hunched and dragging a foot and change them in maybe a year right, right. Um, but it would take an investment it would take money it would take time it would take some pain to get through some soreness right oh yes yeah and how many of us walk around spiritually hobbled because we don't go to the ultimate soul trainer, right? And have him straighten us out, pull our foot in and help us to run. And instead we walk around hobbled and we're living a really hard life because we don't go get that training and make the investment in, you know, learning wisdom, learning, um, you know, the ways to walk, to literally walk upright in our spirit you know, I do think there's plenty of people out there that aren't in the church who know more about Proverbs and never read it than we do. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We can learn so much. And because we tend to think that because we're saved, we know everything and we don't. Right. And, and so that's why I'm, I'm so excited again about this book, because it, it speaks to both audiences. It speaks mm-hmm. to you know, anyone, everyone. It's not just for And that's men. why I, I chose women. the racy title too. Yes, I didn't I want it to just be this holy huddle book, you know? <laughs> we just going to get to it. Yeah. So I, I mean, this is for for the person who wouldn't normally read a spiritual book, you know, it's got some funny stories in it. It's got, you know, just practical wisdom. So, Miss Rose, Miss Rose, <laughs> with selected name, the chosen name. Yes. <laughs> so let's jump a little bit into the book. We could talk about your name afterwards, but let's yeah, sure. And if you don't mind, you're so kind enough to read the part about environment. That's one of my favorites so far, right? I've got it pulled up just for you. (laughs) So this part is called, let me tell you a little bit about the structure. So there's always a bit of a structure. And at the end, there's some food for thought. There are questions to really think about. And at the end, there's the word Selah, which we find a lot in the scriptures. And it kind of means like, sit with that. Meditate, that wisdom. Yes. Yes. So... So I'll say Selah and maybe we'll just give it like 10, 20 seconds to let that really sink in. So this section is called change your environment, change your life. And the quote, there's always a quote at the beginning is when it comes to relationships, we are greatly influenced, whether we like it or not, by those closest to us. It affects our way of thinking, our self-esteem and our decisions. Of course, everyone is their own person, but research has shown that we're more affected by our environment than we think. This is from Amy Groth. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with in businessinsider.com. So then this part's from me. Our environments affect how we think, how we act, and what we do. If we're at the gym, we're likely working out. If we're in the dance studio, we're most likely dancing. Likewise, it would not be appropriate to be working out or dancing in a classroom full of people preparing to take an exam nor would it make sense to sit down and take an algebra exam on a crowded dance floor. Our environments influence who we meet and who we spend time with. It makes me think of a community I joined that is made up of people from all parts of the globes, seeking the globe, just this one, (laughs) seeking to expand themselves, learn more and create better impacts on the world around them. There was an event coming up and I thought to myself, this is the kind of place I need to put myself in if I want to surround myself with people who will inspire me to grow and expand. The environments we are in affect the people we spend time with and the people we spend time with influence our lives perhaps more than any other factor. Mm. The power of no. Some environments are easier to change than others. If you live in a bad neighborhood, it's not easy to just pick up and move away from bad influences. But we can become more aware of the environments that influence our behaviors that are ultimately harmful to our souls. Just as a bar is a a dangerous place for an alcoholic, bringing awareness to the less obvious temptations in our lives can help us change any behaviors we don't want. Window shopping might not be the best pastime for a shopaholic trying to get out of debt. And hanging out in a smoker's corner probably isn't the best spot for someone trying to quit. In their book, Willpower, authors John Tierney and Roy Baumeister suggest that every person has a finite amount of willpower, 
once it is used up for the day, a person becomes more susceptible to making poor choices. Remember, they say nothing good happens after midnight. That's why. <laughs> they, so they become more susceptible to making poor choices than they would have made earlier in the day before their willpower was depleted. When we are full of energy, well-fed, and not already exhausted by a multitude of choices throughout the day, we tend to make better choices. But the authors also note that those who give themselves fewer opportunities to need to use this maintain the highest amounts of willpower. So avoiding temptations, high level performers seem to have this concept down to a science and exploit its benefits by shaping their morning routines to ease the potential for making bad choices. Some executives wear the same basic outfit each day to eliminate the need for unnecessary decision-making that would deplete their precious stores of willpower like Facebook creator Mark Zuckerberg, who has said he wears multiple versions of the same gray t-shirt every day to clear his life of anything except for how to best serve the community. The value of conserving willpower for making important decisions is a good example to examine what daily actions steal our willpower from making more important decisions in our lives. Well, I'm not ready to start wearing the same dress every day. <laughs> I definitely have begun to examine which decisions are more important in my life and avoid leaving them to the end of the day when I'm tired, hungry, and less likely to make good choices. The Bible says that uh, the Bible says that people with the most willpower flee temptation. Yeah. They don't keep candy in the house. They refrain from visiting their significant other late at night if they've decided not to have sex before marriage. Mm -hmm. And they take alternative routes to avoid passing by an irresistible sale when they know they need to re rein in their spending. They do this by controlling their environment. Consciously choosing a healthy environment ahead of time gives us the home court advantage that puts us in a place to make better decisions and decreases the likelihood of succumbing to temptations that rarely, if ever, fulfill. Which environments tempt you to make your, with you, sorry, which environments tempt you to do things that make your soul feel empty once the high of the experience has come and gone? What better environments could you spend your time instead or activities could you participate in? Could you make environmental changes ahead of time what are good for your soul? And food for thought is a couple more questions. Which habits or environments positively affect my life? Good one to think about. Which habits or environments cause me to make poor choices? How can I be more intentional, intentional about the environments and habits I choose. Selah. Yeah, so that's how the book is laid out. You know, there's lots of ways to incorporate it into your own soul. No questions are answered for you. I'm still in my moment. <laughs> You're enjoying your Selah. <laughs> I am because it's so it's so it's real it's it's reality it's and that's what I love about this book and that's why I'm so excited I've met you know you and we're working on so many things to do together and it's just amazing because it's it's real it's practical because that's what it is yeah it's about missing the mark I'm telling you people you have to get this book it's going to be released in November right around Thanksgiving give us some more information about the release date yes I know so you'll be touring afterwards as soon as 
even if this world doesn't open up the way it should, you'll be virtually touring. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somehow I'll be touring. Um, yeah. So definitely go on to um, my Instagram is the soul nutritionist with the little underscores in between the words. And I'll have a lot about the release date and things right now. It's um, supposed to come out on Thanksgiving. It's looking like it's on track and it may come out for free, at least the um, PDF copy a couple of days before the end of the year. So you want to you know, stay tuned and see which days it's coming out for free. And then of course it's in time for great, it's a really great Christmas gift. And really um, in this world where we have such trouble with connection, having this book and reading it through with a friend, whether they agree with you or not, it's a really good conversation starter to, you know, Hey, let's have a vulnerable conversation about where we're at in our faith. Maybe it's similar. Maybe it's totally opposite. Um, but let's have a conversation without judgment. So yeah, you can find me on the soul nutritionist on Instagram. Um, my website is my name. It's www.reina-rose.com. Um, you can see some of my uh, show episodes on there and things as well. And um, yeah, just really reach out to me. Uh, Instagram is probably one of the better places. And I just love to hear from you. I love uh, seeing all the comments on the daily readings. So if you'd like to hear more readings like that to see, get a taste of the book before you see if sin tastes good, tastes any good, um, <laughs> come on and uh, watch some of the little clips. They're kind of fun. I get to share. Oh my goodness. Book. I love it. And the cover. Oh, yes. Okay. The apple. The apple. <laughs> I want to give away to it. But oh yeah. Come check it out. It's on Instagram. You'll see lots of pictures of the cover. book's going to call you out and ask tough questions. It's yeah. not going to be this little read where you just fluff and feel good about Jesus. You know, it's, it's going to be like, well, maybe I've been representing Jesus in a way that wasn't helpful, you know, to other people. You know, Raina, all my guests that appear on my show, I always ask them to do one thing, which is to speak to the audience and to in that way, give a call to action. So I'm gonna, I always end my show with that. So with my guests that appear, I always ask them to do that, a call to action. What would you say, or what would you share today to be a call to action? I'd say for your own soul and those around you, the very best thing that you could do, go out somewhere, somewhere where you won't be disturbed, somewhere you won't be disturbed, bring a journal and just pray. But I always pray, you know, God, let this time, let me hear you. And anything that's not of you, block that out. So that way, whatever comes up, you don't question. And just sit there in silence. And you know, you can close your eyes, you can doodle, you can sometimes I, I like to just run at the brain and write to God, but allow God to come up and speak with you. And it, you have to get into quiet and not being disturbed to do that. And just see what he puts on your heart and then follow it. Wow. Thank you so much. Ladies, you heard it. Thank you, Arena Rose, our international, inter- I love saying it, international author. <laughs> and the book will be out in November on Thanksgiving. Sin tastes good. I'm telling you, you heard an expert from it today. It is really good. Really, really good. Like it says, sin tastes good. <laughs> But it's not exactly what you think it is based on the title, but it's worth a read. You want to stay tuned. Again, just give us your uh, platforms that you're on. Again, so our listening audience and our viewers can actually follow you and be prepared and excited as I am for the book release and also to stay tuned for the PDF, the free product. Hey, who does that for me, right? (laughs) Yeah, so the best place to get a hold of me is Instagram. I'm the soul nutritionist with the little underscores under the words. Um, you can also go to my website, 
www.reina-rose.com. But Instagram is probably the place I respond most quickly. And you'll find out about when the book hits uh, for free, which will be a few times before the end of the year. And uh, when it comes out, you can buy the hard copies as well. For uh, such information too, as well. And they can send an email to w2wpodcastshow at gmail.com as well. So again, thank you so much. (laughs) Oh yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy. I I love our conversation. Forward for our interview on the other flip side, right? (laughs) Yes, me too. Please thank you so much for listening to Women to Women. Again, we're here to provide to you content that is relatable and practical. And we thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, I'm your host, Denise hinks Lawrence. Bye now. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Selah. Selah.